How is everyone? That's good. Jake's on it. Sweet. You hear my voice get less echoey. That's good. If not, you'll just have to put up with it. Um, how was church this morning? I heard it was good. Yeah. Sam Mack preaching on a broken foot. Was he, is it actually broken? Yeah. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Tara and I was like, can you go through attendance and check when the last time I, was miss, I missed church? And it was actually when me and Duncan went on a trip in 2015, mid-2015. So I've been at church every morning, every night, every renew service. And then... <laughs> but then the following week, I missed the night service because I had a relative's birthday. And then for the last three services, I've been sick. And last week, I couldn't get out of bed. I had like a really sore back and a really sore throat. I've got the world's biggest ulcer in my mouth. At least I'm claiming that. If you want to see something gross, come chat to me afterwards. It's been a great diet plan. I can hardly eat anything. Um, the shirt used to be skin tight. I'm kidding. But, um, and yeah, for some reason I've eaten a lot of curry this week and curry really, really stings. I'm like Beck, who's, Beck who doesn't eat spicy food, the girl I live with, she decided to cook a massive curry. So that's what I've been eating. It's been interesting. I've been very sick. Um, I'll get into my word. I will try and keep it short. When I say short, I don't mean as short as in Indian cricket innings. It's just for you, Ezra. Just for you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to find a new band. <laughs> so being sick and all this week, um, I got to watch a bunch of TV like you do because I was stuck in bed for a solid two and a half days there struggling to move and I found a DVD I don't know where I got the DVD it was just like one disc it was four episodes of a show I used to watch called My Name Is Elle has anyone ever seen that show? <laughs> it's a very outdated reference but it, it's a great show it's, the basic premise of it is a dude who was a criminal a really bad guy and he, anytime something good happened to him something bad happened just as bad and he won $100,000 and he got hit by a bus and ended up in hospital. And he was watching TV and he heard this guy talking about like karma and how he believes if you do good things, good things will happen to you. And then basically it's a story of Earl who writes a list and wants to make up for all the bad things he's done in his life with the money he's just won. Quite an entertaining show. And I don't know because I was young when that show came out, but karma became this real cool thing. I don't know if it was from the show or from a whole different new age emo movement. I remember Justin Timberlake wrote a song, What Goes Around Comes Around, again, a very outdated reference. It was my favorite song, but it was cool to listen to him. I was like year six, and it was cool to listen to Justin Timberlake. Anyway, so I heard all this stuff about karma, and then I became a Christian. I was like, yeah, well, I don't actually believe in that. But then I remember Tara preaching a message when I was in youth and she preached about how the world calls it karma and then the Christians have basically the same thing but what it says is you reap what you sow. And that scene in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 talking about giving, Galatians 6 verse 7 8 is talking about sowing into the spirit not sin, you sow into the spirit you'll reap good, you sow into sin or your sinful nature you'll reap bad. Basically, very simple version. And basically, 
during my sickness time and over the last couple of weeks, I've been looking over David's life and it's such a cool thing to study. It's, it, he's probably one of the well, most well-documented characters, uh, Jesus in the Bible. I don't know, maybe Moses would be up there. But it's a really cool study to go from like 1 Samuel right through and just study David's life and have a real in-depth look at it. And I was lucky I happened to do a bunch of Bible college assignments, a whole unit based around that. So I've got all the notes ready to go. So I was looking into it. And there was two really, really strange stories. And can we just get the 2 Samuel 23, 14, 17 that I'm going to be preaching off, but they kind of match up. We'll compare and contrast if we're doing an English assignment. But yeah, it, just two really, really weird stories. But this is where I got my message from during the week. Then I watched My Name Is Del and I got that cool intro. So it's funny, Tash goes, can we go NIV? I don't have an NLT Bible on the computer. And I go, no, you need NLT. I've got NLT, my jokes are based off, not my jokes, but my, my preaching is based off NLT. There's kind of a joke in there. Um, then I looked at my Bible and I realized I've been reading the NIV, which we did have. <laughs> but it's all right, on my notes here. But I've had this Bible, as you can see, it's pretty old. I got this when I got baptized like seven, six years ago. So. All this time I've been thinking I was reading the NLT. NIV it is. Anyway, we'll read along on screen. I've got it here in our NLT, I hope. Open up your Bible or unlock it if you want to. Otherwise, read up there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked, Long England. <laughs> I should have gone NIV. To his men. Oh, yeah, I would love some of the good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gates in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaims. The water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploit of the three. Really, really strange story when you read it. Firstly, these dudes risked their life to go get some water for you, David, and you chipped it out. Why? If someone brings me hungry jacks, I'm going to eat it. But you start to read, when you look at you understand that that was an offering that he made. It was actually really cool. Secondly, those three dudes are pretty crazy. Like, you read about those three guys early in the verse. One of them killed, like, 800 guys alone. That's pretty cool. But still, for a cup of water... You crossed enemy lines. Like Tara and Duncan, I respect you, I like you guys. If you asked me to buy you lunch, I probably would. Like, go get your lunch. If you asked me to pay for lunch, I probably would. I wouldn't cross enemy lines for you. And I'm going, why did these guys do it? I don't get it. Why, how did David command that much respect, command that much honor to get it? So while I had those questions, I went into another story. I'd read it earlier towards the beginning of David's life. If you can get that second story up. So basically the context behind this story, don't read ahead. No, you can if you want, it's only one verse. Um, David, when he was young, he gets anointed king, but there's already a king, King Saul. So David ends up, starts working for Saul, and then Saul starts to get jealous, and then Saul's like, I've got to kill this guy. So. In amongst this, this story's happening while David's hiding and Saul's trying to find him. Does it say, yeah, I think he's got like 3,000 guys. 
So read along with me. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was close to David. To, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness in En Gedi. I guess that's how you say it. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops. 3,000. 3,000 versus one David and a couple of guys that David had. From all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks and the, of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happens, David and his men were hiding farther back in the very cave. I got really excited when I read Relieve Yourself. There's lots more poo references in the Bible than you realize. Like, um, you know, Elijah, the contest on Carmel? Where, go read it, it's worth it. Old Testament is awesome, I love it. Um, so, basically they're having, Elijah and the, this other prophets are having like a battle, and then the other guys, they're meant to light up a fire, and the other guys weren't doing it. So Elijah starts like sledging him, and he's like, is your God asleep? Is your God, I can't remember what the phrase he uses, but all, most scholars agree that is your God taking a dump, is basically what he asked. I was really excited, I thought, I thought Saul was going into a cave, cave to relieve himself. It wasn't, he was going into a cave to have a nap. Moving on. Now, so in that, if you, in case you missed that, where am I up to? But as it happened, David and his men were holding, were hiding farther back in the cave. So he basically walked into the cave that David was in. Now's your opportunity, David's men. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can we get that picture up? Can we just interrupt the Bible? So what, what a sheepfold or a sheep coat is, is it's this type of thing. Apparently they're still used as much as they were in Bible times. Maybe Tara saw one ship when she was over there. I'm not sure. But what they are is it's for security of your sheep. They can hide in there, they put like thorns in it, but more so it's for the sheep can come out during the day when it's warm, and they can hide in there at night when it's hot, when like to get out of the cold. Um, Paul was, not Paul, Saul was going in there because it would have been really cool in there. Uh, on top of that, those places are apparently pitch black. You can't see your hand in front of you. One of, the, one of the commentaries I read, you can't see four paces in front of you. Don't know what that means, but one, two, three, four. Just make it. But David would have been able to see who was coming in because of that light at the front, the little doorway. So David would have seen Saul come in, but Saul wouldn't have seen David. A little bit of cool information there. Now's your opportunity, David. Can we go back to the Bible, sorry? With the background, that's cool. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began to bother him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the King. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. Already spoke about that. Just catching up to my notes. I jumped ahead for a bit there. David had the opportunity to kill the person who not only was trying to kill him, but this was the dude who was stopping him from fulfilling his destiny to be king. 
he had the option right there. That he had so much honour, so much respect for, not, for God and for his leader Saul, who God had appointed, that he did not want to kill Saul when the opportunity was there. Not only that, he told his men that were standing there, let's not kill him. Are you starting to see where this story is going? He sowed respect then, he reaped it later on. By the way, David does become king. Just to destroy the story for you, you haven't read it, but go read it, it's worth it. After this, he, he has a conversation with Saul. Like, I won't get the whole verse up and all that, but he has a conversation with Saul. And it's like, you see that robe that's cut? That was me, but I didn't kill you. And then Saul goes, yeah, you're probably meant to be a king. When you do become king, king, can you please not kill all my descendants, all my family? And David goes, yeah, sure. That's so cool, so much respect. The more I read into it, two chapters later, there's another chance where Saul's sleeping and David's sitting right there with one of his main dudes in his army. And he could have killed Saul again. But again, he goes, no, it's not my place. I won't get the whole story up, but again, just another example of how much honor, how much respect Samuel gave to God, firstly, but also to Saul, is in 1 Samuel 18, 20 to 30. Go read it, possibly the best story in the Bible. Uh, Saul's daughter and David's, David want to get married, and then David goes, hey, I'm really poor, what do I need to give you? Which was customary to give the dad something. The dad and Saul goes, I know, basically a death wish, most scholars agree. Go out and get a hundred Philistine, who were the enemies, foreskins. And David doesn't only go get a hundred foreskins, he goes and gets two hundred foreskins. Great story, I love the Bible. But again, it's just showing. He respected Saul, he gave extra, he went out and did far beyond. And then he got guys who were willing to cross enemy lines, go and pick up. Like, go, go get water for him. Like, yeah, reaping what you sow. When Debbie asked me to preach, I was like, I had this message kind of prepared. I've been reading a lot, and I was like, nah, I, like, I don't really want to preach, but just put me in, and I don't want to preach that message. I'll get another message. And then after that, I was like, man, I actually need to preach this message. And the two reasons, the first reason why I didn't want to preach this message is this message is really hard to preach when you're not reaping, when you're not at the highlight. Like, if I just won the lottery, I would have loved to jump up here and just say, be generous and you'll receive. But it's hard to do that. Up until a couple of hours ago, I was just like, where am I going in life? I'd applied for probably 20 jobs, got rejected on every single one. I was trying to get into uni kept going, just couldn't get anywhere. But then God really challenged me and he said, just because you're not reaping, does that make the principle incorrect? I was like, okay, I better go preach. Maybe it was God's sense of humor. Maybe he was punishing me for saying foreskins in a church. But <laughs> as I finished preparation, this is no word of a lie, I logged onto my emails. I've been, emails, I've been accepted into uni. Um, I'll be doing a Bachelor of Paramedical Science this semester. I was like, yeah.
The second reason why I don't like it is it's often turned into a real prosperity gospel type of message. If you give X amount, you will receive 2X back or 3X back. Again, it's just not something that I can believe in. I was actually researching, um, watching videos of famous dudes, I won't name names, but people who preach it. And there's this guy who's like, if you believe you're going to get money, you're going to get blessing, you're going to get promotions. And I was just going, okay, you had an American accent, you guys all know now. Um, <laughs> that, that narrows the church down. Um, and I was just going, look, I must not believe because I'm not getting promotions. <laughs> um, I don't like that type of message. But the biblical truth is, if you're sowing seeds of generosity, you're going to reap generosity. And I've seen that happen over and over again. Like, I don't want to stand up here and say, look how good I am. Um, I've given a lot into our youth ministry. I've gone without, I've invested into kids going on camps, I've invested into conferences, I've invested into skate ramps. And again, not to say how good I am, but I have gone without, but I've never been in a position where I've been so poor. Like at the moment, I'm making just enough to live on and the money I get after rent, I spent double on that on painkillers and different things this week. But again, guys, never, I, I haven't been gone without, I haven't not been able to pay rent. There's even a situation in the uh, middle of last year where like, I'm not very good with paperwork, I'm not very good with organisation. <laughs> and so I'd moved house and I submitted. I thought, like online, switch my address for my car rego, and then for whatever reason, I thought I'd paid six months rego when I'd only paid three months rego, and I submitted the form, and the house I was living at didn't actually exist in their server thing, so they called me up and said seven Commonwealth Code doesn't exist. I'm like, yeah, it's a new house. It's not on Apple Maps. Can you send it to church? Three Lego Place Junior. For whatever reason, it got sent to five Lego Place Junior. And I get picked up one day going up to Moor River by the cops and they're like, yeah, your car rego expired like three months ago. It's past the pay, payable date and here's $450 worth of fines. And I wasn't doing too well. I didn't have, I had like $500 in my account and two weeks before my next pay. And I was just going, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. But again, in the end, I sowed seeds of generosity. I reaped generosity. Beck and Dylan said, hey, don't pay rent this week. That was $650. I bought a moped for $650. That was my way of getting around. Again, God hasn't let me down in sowing generosity. I love what JC preached. If you want a miracle, go get a miracle. Don't just sit around waiting. Start sowing seeds into what you need. Even if that's a seed of prayer. Otherwise, if there's something you can do, go do it. Sometimes you don't even need to spiritualize it that much. I was a terrible, terrible student at Harvest Bible College. It took me four years to do a two-year course. Where is Josh? Oh, Josh, you're here. How's, how's your honeymoon? Where's Matt working? Say hello to her for me. Again, Josh, he was very diligent. He was sowing seeds. He was, he was taking time out. Like, he was skipping going out with people. He was skipping fun stuff to study. He's now about to complete his bachelor, another year left, got a job at Harvest. Like, Again, if you're sowing seeds, you're going to reap what you sow. So this is a really cool concept and all that, but I, I want to give you something practical to go away with. So 
the message, the title of this message is Leading Like a King. I think we should change it to Leading Like the King. We're just going to turn to Jesus. If you haven't, go listen to the messages that have been preached this series, Simply Following Jesus. But Simply Following Jesus, if you start to sow the stuff that you've learned in these messages, you'll start to reap the stuff that you want. If you want to reap seedness, you've got to seedness. If you want to reap kindness, you need to sow seeds of kindness. And again, these the messages recently have been really good. I'm starting to sweat. Need a tea towel. Um, I'm not on it anymore. It's the Bongella. <laughs> says put on six times a day, but I put it on at least ten. Um, if you want it, you've got to sow seeds of kindness. And again, look at the Gospels. Sometimes sowing seeds of kindness is harder, harder than it looks when it says, forgive people, 540 times, seven, seven times 70, 70 times 70, something like that. When it says, love your enemy, love your neighbor, turn the other cheek, those things are sometimes hard. If you want to sow seeds of generosity, if you want to reap generosity, sow seeds of generosity. And again, sometimes it can be hard. You know what Jesus says? Go sell all the things you own, give to the poor. That's really hard. But if what you want to reap, you need to start sowing now. Because you're not going to do it just sitting around doing nothing. Go and get the band to jump off. So Tim Ross, he's a famous preacher. He was actually a preacher at the first ever Youth Alive that I went to in 2011. And he's a preacher at the recent one. And you remember that one, Duncan, when it was just me, you, Shane O'Sully, and then the crazy kids. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I got to talk to him, and I was like, I remember all your messages. That was like such an influential camp. I got talking to him. And he preaches, uh, he's preaching a message, and he's talking about sowing seeds of kindness into the world. And something that he says he does is he goes up to random people, and just in the shopping centre, and just goes, hey, I want to pay for your groceries, like the person behind him. And no strings attached, no fine print, no, you know what, you should come to church this Sunday, it's just sowing seeds. And he goes, the reason I do that is because I'm soft softening their hearts to the kingdom of God, because this world is so hard, that he's soft softening the heart that one day they might come to know Jesus, they might come to know his love. And again, it might sound all a little bit weird to you, but Duncan's told me a story, I should have talked to you before the service, but he, he got, so if you don't know Duncan, Duncan's the kind of guy who'll go up to any random in the shops and talk to them, and then often end up inviting them to church, often in the surf as well. And he's telling me a story about how he's surfing on his own, and then God tells him to go talk, talk to the one other guy in the surf, and he's battling God, and he ends up going over and talking to him. And um, turns out this guy has, had, like Duncan just mentions God and this guy's got this full on story about how he was sitting next to a Christian on a plane, then he came over and bought a car and it broke down but the Christian person he bought it off gave him half his money back and again, sowing seeds of kindness into the world that one day they might be able to be touched by Jesus uh, can you play something I don't know, spiritual acoustic or spiritual keys can everyone just stand up with me preparing this message I was like when I was preparing this ending 
I was like, yeah, this is really cool. What story can I go to Duncan's story? And I was like, wait a second. When was the last time I did something good for someone? Just out of the kindness of my heart. When was the last time I spread a seed of kindness, spread a seed of the gospel into the world? And I'll tell you what, I couldn't remember. And maybe you're standing, and I have done it in the past, but I couldn't remember. Maybe you're standing there and you're just the best person ever and you, you've done it three times already today. But maybe you're like me. So I want everyone to bow your eyes. Bow your eyes, close your eyes, bow your heads, one of them. But I need you to commit with me today that this week you're going to do three things. Three nice things to random people you don't know. Again, this isn't an altar call. I'm not giving you an option today. If you call yourself a Christian, you're going to pray, you're going to ask God to give you three opportunities. Because imagine if we planted three seeds this week. Like, there's like 15, 20 of us here. 60, 60 good deeds done this week. Imagine what happens if we do that the following week, there's 120. Imagine if some of those people start doing it. We can start doing something. So as the band plays, I want, I want to encourage you guys to pray. We'll open up the altar, come up if you need it. Be prayed for for boldness if you're too shy, if you don't. If God's actually giving you an idea right now, come up, we'll pray with you. I really want to encourage you guys, just think of what you can do where you can.